0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti
1: when it comes to French cooking, people think like with the croissants, it's like, oh, that's too intimidating. I, I don't think I can do it. But I am not a trained chef. I learned so much from living abroad in France, from going to the markets and talking to the vendors and asking them like, how do I roast this? How do I cook this vegetable? Like, what what is your opinion? What kind of herb should I add to this? And then making friends with the like-minded individuals who had their plant-based restaurants and asking them questions. Everything I did was self-taught and it stemmed into this book and so when you're going through these recipes just know that if I can make it you can too.
0: (laughs) That's Hannah Sundarani. She's the creator of the popular blog Two Spoons, an editor at The Feed Feed and she's now adding cookbook author of the Two Spoons cookbook to her resume. Her newest cookbook is filled with over 100 French inspired vegan recipes. The world of plant-based eating has exploded over the past few years in France. And during Hannah's time abroad, she watched it all unfold. She befriended the plant based community, witnessing their twists on French classics and discovering trendy new recipes for the more adventurous. Now, let's meet Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi, it's so nice to be on your podcast. I, mean, I want to begin with obviously, congratulations on the launch of this cookbook. I'm so excited for you. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited too. <laughs> And I also want to add, welcome back, because can you believe it's been over two years since you last visit with us here on the podcast?
1: (laughs) So I was, I was wondering how long it's been because yeah, I, I feel like we did a podcast when I first moved home from France and oh my God, I can't believe it's been two years. Like it feels like it's been so long, but it also feels like I just talked to you.
0: (laughs) Doesn't it? So it's been to be exact. It was November of 2019.
1: Oh my God, that's wild.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to have you here.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor.
0: So let's talk about the cookbook. The Two Spoons Cookbook, it's a blend of traditional recipes, trendy plant-based creations. And let me just add, I have looked through the cookbook and there are so many show-stopping recipes and the photography. Oh, it's, it's literally all my foodie dreams coming true. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. What can readers and home cooks expect to see included in the Two Spoons Cookbook?
1: Yeah. So, with the Two Spoons Cookbook, I really wanted to tribute my life in France and sort of take you through a day in the life as a plant based foodie living in France and how I experienced my life abroad over there. And so, I really feel like this cookbook kind of takes you through that. And from Brett starting at breakfast and ending to dinner and like everything in between from like snack time to cocktail hour and like all of the above. And again, of course, because I was living in France, I really wanted it to tribute those French recipes. So you can expect a lot of french inspired recipes we even have vegan croissants in there <laughs> we did it they we look make so good vegan. <laughs> they are so good mary like i have served these croissants to so many of my non-vegan friends and they freak out they're like i can't believe that these croissants are vegan they're so 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 good
0: okay uh, i haven't made croissants yet because i have actually been afraid to try and make these to tackle them i've taken a look at your recipe it is easy to follow
1: I'm so glad that's exactly what I was just about to say is with, so a lot of the recipes are sort of what you can expect with two spoons. They're really easy to follow. Very straightforward. That's always my number one priority. There are maybe three or four recipes in the cookbook that are a little bit more involved, including the vegan croissant. But in any of those recipes, I always provide a visual of the step-by-step because I find it so hard when you're going through a cookbook and there's these descriptions of how to do something. And you're like, I don't actually understand this. And so then you're spending half the time, like Googling what does a three letter fold look like, or, you know, like what, what do they mean when they say this? And so for every step of the more involved recipes, including the croissant, there are the visuals. So you can see exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And then you can kind of see that it's actually quite straightforward.
0: Oh, it it really is. I did. I took a look at it because I told you I'm, I'm little, I was always afraid and intimidated by making croissants.
1: (laughs) Now you're going to be an expert. You're going to be like, I did this. And you know what? I had recipe testers when I was writing the cookbook, um, as most people do to make sure that they're, you know, easy to follow and stuff like that. And I had beginner cooks making the vegan croissants and they were nailing it every time.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Now you also have some menu ideas in
1: in the book. Yeah. So each chapter sort of has this idea of like menu pairing. So for example, the breakfast chapter will have a section for brunch. And so if you're having brunch with your besties or brunch for two, or like a family fun brunch, it sort of lays out like a really nice menu taking recipes from the book. And I really wanted to do that because When I was living in France, they really value every meal kind of being an experience and taking you through like a taste experience from beginning to end. And so like even in the morning, there would always be like if you went to like a boulangerie, there would be like a formule and they would have sort of something that you can take away that's like the full picture. So you could have like a coffee with an orange juice and then maybe a croissant and then something to finish. Um, and so I really wanted to provide that throughout the book. So we've got it for the breakfast section then we've got it for cocktail hour for dinner. And then also, um, like if you're having t- afternoon tea uh, and you want those classic French dishes like macaron or madeleine, there's a section there so that you can make like a really beautiful afternoon tea, which would be so perfect if you're doing something like a bridal shower or baby shower or something like that. So yeah, that's one of my most favorite parts of the book. It's something that's quite different. And of course, there's also visuals. So you can kind of see how that would look when you're putting together these plates for people.
0: This is not specific if you're, if you have, if you eat just a vegan diet, this is inclusive of everyone, is it not?
1: Yeah. So the cookbook of course is vegan recipes. My blog is a plant-based vegan blog, mm-hmm. but as I always say, I really want to make recipes that pleases everyone. And so that's always my number one priority when I'm making dishes. And so my favorite compliment when I'm like reading the comments on my blog or someone messages me on Instagram is when they say something like, Oh, I served this to my husband. Who's like a total carnivore. And he said that he didn't even miss the meat or like, he loved it just as much as the original, because those are the, like, I always think of that as such a win. Like those are the people that you would think are the hardest to win over. And so having, this all-inclusive like you don't have to be 100 10% strictly vegan to enjoy this cookbook everyone can enjoy it so if there's perhaps someone in your family who's vegan or a friend that's coming over you know that you can make a recipe from the book and it's really going to please the masses um, and it's recipes we're sharing for everyone
0: okay let's play a round of rapid fire tell us one thing most people don't know about you Oh, um, maybe that I'm half Indian. Okay. What culinary hill are you willing to die on?
1: Ooh, oh my gosh, these are hard. Um, well, I guess that anything can be made vegan. <laughs> okay. All your favourite dishes can be vegan. You can do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Name one thing from your childhood that kids today wouldn't understand.
1: I guess, like... VHS's and yes. like wearing out tapes like I watched so many Disney movies that I would wear out the tapes and sometimes you'd have <laughs> to like take your finger and put them in the little thing and turn them back.
0: Yeah, all of us did that yes. If you could save one thing from your kitchen in a fire what would it be? Oh my
1: god these are mean, these questions are so mean <laughs> <laughs> Um, probably my Vitamix. I bet you get that a lot.
0: Not many. Really? I know that's one thing. Yeah, I would, oh. I would actually say that as well.
1: Yeah, it's my little sous chef. I love my Vitamix.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the recipes that are included in the cookbook. Can you share a couple of them with us?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we talked about, uh, my vegan croissant. We also have brioche. So that's that sweet light pillowy bread that you're mm. used to seeing in France. It's so mm-hmm. good. We have thing. we have things like vegan quiches. We've got crepes, sweet and savory. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many things. There's a whole milk section. So you can learn how to make your favorite milks vegan um, and how to use them for lattes and foam them and stuff like that. We have things like Madeleine, Sweet sablets, which are pretty much like a shortbread cookie. Um, But in France, they call them sablés. We have macarons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've made uh, chocolate macarons, vegan for the cookbook. There are so many delicious sweet treats. Um, And then really gorgeous dinners as well. Um, You can expect things like ratatouille, um, which is so classically French and quite easy to prepare. And then we also have things like roasted beets and... And simple dishes like green bean almondine. Um my Mushroom Bourguignon is amazing, especially in the winter. It's so cozy. And then we have a whole cheese chapter, (laughs) so there's a section dedicated to cheese, so that you can make things like luxurious baked brie and blue cheeses, and those are all
0: bookmarking that. I know
1: it's so good. I'm obsessed with the cheeses in this cookbook. And then we also have some really gorgeous desserts, so lots of delicious tarts, like chocolate tarts and lemon tarts. We have an apple tart, um, pear tartata, and um, lots of chocolatey, delicious things like my mousse au chocolat. There's some chocolate chocolate. I was going to mention there. that one. Yeah, the mousse mm-hmm. au chocolat is actually one of my husband's favorite recipes from the cookbook. And that one is so easy to do. I think it's like seven ingredients total and like really, really simple things that you would either have in your pantry or easy to find.
0: So give us a quick rundown of what a mousse au chocolat would be like to create.
1: Yeah. So mousse au chocolat in the cookbook is actually made. So I don't know if readers know that or listeners, I should say, know this, but when you're using dark chocolate, that is always vegan. If it's 70% dark chocolate or more, like I would say 99% of the time, if you look at the back in the ingredients, it's actually vegan. So I like to call it accidentally vegan (laughs) (laughs) because they don't like promote it being vegan. It just so happens. And then like people are always surprised. I think also because it's chocolate, they assume that there's going to be milk in it, but no, if it's 70% dark chocolate or higher, it's accidentally vegan. So the recipe uses, um, bars of, 70% dark chocolate, and then we melt that and we add it to silken tofu. So silken tofu, it's pretty bland in flavor uh, on its own, but that's what makes us vegans love it so much because it really adapts to whatever flavors you add, in this case, the chocolate. So we add in the melted chocolate, we add a little bit of cocoa powder, some maple syrup, a little bit of vanilla, some sea salt, and we blend it together and it makes like the most rich, thick, creamy, velvety, silky smooth, mousse au chocolat. It is so good. And the ingredients are so simple. Like you can actually feel like really good about eating it. That's the first
0: one I'm going to make.
1: I'm so excited for you.
0: (laughs) Because my husband loves uh, chocolate mousse. Same. My husband
1: as well. So that one was actually inspired by there was a vegan restaurant really close to our house. It was like a three minute walk, which was actually a problem because we spent way too much time, <laughs> like <laughs> way too much of our finances <laughs> at this restaurant. Like every like Friday night, we'd be like, "Oh, do you want to just like walk down to La Claire <laughs> and have dinner again? And they had this vegan mousse au chocolat. The whole restaurant was vegan, as I mentioned. So they had this mousse au chocolat and it came in these like little like pot, like so traditionally French and these little glass pots And every time we went, Mitch would order it. Like he absolutely loved it. And so when we (laughs) moved home, I was like, I've got like, I was, he was the taste tester for that. And I was like, does it taste like the one
0: from La (laughs) Claire (laughs) here? Until we got it perfect. What do you want people to learn or take away from your cookbook?
1: There's a few things, but I definitely want them to know that. There is no compromise when it comes to taste when you're cooking plant based. You can make all the things that you know and love, and you can make it vegan. And I think that this cookbook is really proof of that because when we think of French cooking, it's so rooted in creams and meats and all of these things that are so apparently not vegan. But I think this cookbook really proves that you can enjoy all the foods that you love and with simple modifications, simple twists on the classics, you can make them vegan and they can taste really, really delicious. And so that's definitely a really main takeaway that I want people to know. And then also I want people to know that this cookbook It's not an intimidating cookbook. Anyone can cook from this book. I am not a trained chef. I learned so much from living abroad in France, from going to the markets and talking to the vendors and asking them like, how do I roast this? How do I cook this vegetable? Like, what what is your opinion? What kind of herb should I add to this? And then making friends with the like-minded individuals who had their plant-based restaurants and asking them questions. Everything I did was self-taught. And it stemmed into this book. And so when you're going through these, these recipes, just know that you, if I can make it, you can too. <laughs> you don't need to be a professional chef. And I think, again, when it comes to French cooking, people think like, with the croissants, it's like, oh, that's too intimidating. I, I don't think I can do
0: it. But I know that you can. If I can do it, you can too. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast. Today, I'm talking with plant based food blogger and cookbook author Hannah Sundarani. Where does this love of food come from? Oh my gosh, I literally love food since I was like a. Uh,
1: since I can't remember, apparently my first word was chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mom, my mom like is claim to fame, is that my first word was chocolate. So I've always had like a big passion and desire for food. Um, I've always loved to eat. And I guess when you think of, you know, like the love languages, like I think there's like the five love languages. Mm. Mine is definitely acts of service for people. And Mm -hmm. for me, that is making something for them. Like I love making a recipe that I think someone is going to enjoy and like sitting down and watching them enjoy it brings me so much joy.
0: And any of the recipes in this book, do they hold any strong memories or connections for you?
1: Oh, definitely. There's so many. And I speak to a lot of those in the intro. So when you're going through the cookbook, you'll see little intros of, um, certain recipes that were inspired by either certain places or certain people. So I'll give you an example. There's a recipe for a lemon tart in the cookbook. And I was inspired by the, our wedding. So at our wedding, um, we had we got married in France in the Dordogne region and for dessert we served the lemon tart and my mom like absolutely loved this lemon tart and she like raved about it all the time like years and years after our wedding she would be like that lemon tart was like the best i've ever had so i made that recipe to tribute her um so that she could enjoy this lemon tart for years to come. And she doesn't have to, you know, go back to France (laughs) to this certain area, this certain chateau and find this certain chef. Like I really wanted to create a lemon tart that she would love and that would remind her of our wedding day. So that's just fun example.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. What was the first recipe you can remember trying, uh, creating for the cookbook?
1: Uh, I honestly... I can't really remember. It's been such a long time. So the process of writing a cookbook takes two years for anyone who doesn't know. It's such a long process. I think, however, though, the one that comes to mind is the vegan croissant, because I know it was one of the original recipes that I created when I was putting together the idea of the book. I feel like with the croissant, it's something that no one has really tackled. And so I really wanted to tackle that. And I wanted to kind of prove that it could be made vegan. And I remember in the very beginning, I think I went through like 10 rounds of, recipe development, <laughs> trying to perfect those vegan croissants. Like I remember it was such a process and my dad ate so many <laughs> of the like, <laughs> the throw it in the compost types of recipes. I would like send it to him and he would eat them. Like I, I think I
0: thank him at the end of the book for like eating all of my garbage recipes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then that now I'm curious, who's your toughest food critic? Oh,
1: um, I think my mom. You really? Yeah, I think my mom would have to be my toughest. Um my husband is pretty tough. Um, he he knows it's so important to me. And so he's always brutally honest, which I love. Um, he never kind of sugarcoats it to make me feel better. He's like, here's what I'm thinking. But I would say my mom is the hardest one to get. And I don't know, maybe it's her British roots. She's very like, she's got like a tough surface. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if I make a recipe that she loves, I feel like an extra high from it.
0: So who are the people who have been most influential to you?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I mean... There's so many people who have been influential to me. I talk about the restaurant owners and the owners of the Petit Magazine, which is like little vegan shops um, in Lille where I was living. And they were so influential in the creation of this book. Um, I'll give you another example. Actually, I have a recipe for a a Faux gras, which is like fragua um, because they love that in France. And um, the faux gras was inspired by this little petit magazine. I would go every time around Christmas, this um little shop would make their own version of a gras, but obviously it was entirely vegan. And so um that recipe really inspired the one in the cookbook. There's also a couple recipes from this really amazing cafe called Wally's Cafe, and I became such good friends with him. And so I created a couple of recipes to tribute him. And so definitely the people that I met in Lille really inspired my time there. Um, and then also just like, I'm inspired so much by my fellow bloggers, like the the idea of starting a blog and writing a cookbook, I have to say, like looking at people like Angela Liddon from oh she Glows or Erin Ireland, um, there's Laura Wright, there's Lauren Toyota, Sam Turnbull, there's so many people in this space who have inspired me and proved and been a really good example that you can if you have a passion and a love for something and you kind of throw your all into it you can make something really great out of it and so in those early days when I was sort of you know really wanting to start a blog watching them and watching their success really inspired me and I'm good friends with a lot of them now and so it's just it really is such an honor Um, and they really helped kind of light my path.
0: Let's play a quick game of fill in the blanks. Blank is how I temporarily escape. Listening to podcasts. Blank is my love language. Food. If you weren't doing what you are doing today, what would you be doing?
1: I think I would be, I think I would be working in a cafe, maybe. Maybe I would like own my own cafe. Um, I definitely think it would be something food
0: related. If I could go anywhere right now, I would go to Blank. Uh, probably France. I miss it a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really miss my friends there. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I just really feel like I need to get back there.
0: I want to try Blank.
1: I want to try getting a full night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I currently have an eight month old, and he is still not sleeping through the night. <laughs> Try going to bed and actually being able to get like an eight hour uninterrupted
0: sleep. <laughs> I love to ask all our guests to share a little kitchen confession with us. Do you have one that you can share with us?
1: I actually do have one. So when I was making this cookbook, I was recipe developing my pear tart tatin and that recipe was, um, it was proving to be a bit of a challenge. I was uh, struggling to get like the perfect consistency and that like beautiful caramel top that you expect. And so I was testing out, okay, well, you know, like if I do it with like vegan butter, what does it do? If I do it at this temperature, what does it do? You know, I was going back and forth. I made so many versions of it (laughs) (laughs) until I got it perfect and it is, it's so good now. But when I was, (laughs) when I was doing it, I was, um, like my husband, I guess this one day, my husband, it must've been a weekend and my husband was home. And, um, I was just, I don't know if it was like, I wasn't in the right headspace or there was just too many things to concentrate on, but I, (laughs) Like everything was a disaster. I completely burned it. Um, (laughs) I forgot to put under. So when you're making like the pear tarte sometimes like things can kind of bubble over. And so mm-hmm. I forgot to put like a baking sheet, which I say to do in the cookbook, put a baking sheet underneath <laughs> the pear tarte because if it bubbles over in your oven, exactly yeah like it's going to start smoking. So my oven started like smoking, like, th- <laughs> like fire alarms are going <laughs> off, like everything. And, like it was just so crazy. So I'm like pulling it out of the oven and then I have my oven mitts and I like throw them onto my burner, but my burner was on no so then like I burned a hole in my oven mitts and like everything was smoking like everything felt like it was on fire It was like oh my gosh pastor my husband was just like what is going on and I actually still have the oven mitts and I still use them and my husband's like can you get yourself another set of oven mitts like there's a hole in this one I'm like I know I need
0: to oh my gosh oh, yeah it was it was pretty wild oh my gosh and, and I want to add everyone was okay we yeah everything because it was, was <laughs> fine the house did not burn down
1: we were fine it was just like a moment of chaos
0: but it always uh, happens like that like when I it know. rains it pours exactly everything happens at the same time yeah it's like a domino effect <laughs> oh well thank you for sharing that oh, of course if listeners want to reach out they want to get the book They want to talk to you. How can they find everything?
1: Okay, yes. So you can get the book. If you're in Canada, you can get it at Chapters Indigo. If you're in the US, you can get it at Barnes and Nobles. Uh, You can also order it on Amazon. And you can also order it into your independent bookstores if that's something that you prefer to do.
0: And they can find you online. Yes, on twospoons.ca. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Again, congratulations on on the new cookbook. I'm so happy for you. Aw, thank
1: you so much. And thanks for having me back. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you, Mary.
0: It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.